I think that was the most exciting day I've had in 40 years. And Only I'm not sure. Years. Well, <laughs> <laughs> when you've lived as long as I have, darling, your youth has been very long and very exciting. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure if we were entirely qualified for that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely expecting some sort of financial. I'm expecting the company to give us more money for that. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting the company to uh, ex- give us more training for that kind of uh, carry-on, to be honest. Uh, how's everybody feeling? Frankie, you look like shit. How's your milk? <laughs> it's it's actually doing, you know, hitting the spot. Um, I, I, I'm going to have a scar on my uh, rear I just, I just hope now I get a little bit more leeway to uh, explore some of my tinkering. I've, uh, I've got a hinkering for some tinkering. <laughs> <laughs> and he sips his milk. We've got to be able to pass that on, right? You're really good with your tinkering. Now you should be able to use it at work more. Yeah, now I should be able to use, you know, work supplies without getting in trouble for using work supplies for non-work related <laughs> things. I mean, not that I do that. Exactly. Yes. I'll, 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 I'll talk to Jensen about that, darling. I'm I'm sure we'll be able to work something out with um, with Kistine and and, and Jensen and uh, oh, you. Yeah, thank you. I'm not sure how I feel about switching uh, career paths and then ending up still stabbing someone and working in a paper country. <laughs> Got to kind of come to terms with that a little bit, I think. There was a lot of blood happening uh, on this little excursion. A lot more than I was expecting. To be quite honest, it was the first time I've uh, used an axe against another person. You know, on my traditional dwarven weapons boot camp, it it didn't really express to me the pure terror of chopping off someone's arm instead of just you know chopping into some hay or or a tree. I'm kind of glad we stopped at this diner instead of going straight home. I don't know if I could face my children right now. Me too. But I've got to say, we do make a pretty good team. And we just got to remember, we did it in self-defense. It was it was all in self-defense, that's true. 100%. We defended the company. We defended the company. And we saved the city. We saved the city. We're heroes. <laughs> we could never tell anybody about it. Uh, but we, we are heroes. And I think we can drink to that. And then Ido lifts up his tankard, hoping that someone will smash yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Use it. Cheers. and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Jamison Brefford Parchment Company. My name is Penny. I'm going to be your DM today because this is a D&D podcast and I am a Capricorn. I am the most melancholic Capricorn you will ever meet. Hi, I'm Nate and I'm playing Flimla, the Halfling Bard and I am a Scorpio. Oh, hi, I'm Liz. Today I will be playing Karen, your favourite dwarf barbarian. I am a Scorpio and... I think I encapsulate Scorpio culture very well because I don't tell anyone anything. Hi, I'm Stephanie and I'm playing Frankie the Artificer and I am a stereotypical Libra. And I am Poppy, I'm going to be playing Idafer the Tiefling and I am a Leo. (laughs) 
And now, an interlude. Four of you are sitting hunkered down in the corner booth of an old all-night diner, drinking your ales and, in one case, milk, reflecting on what has been a considerably violent day. You have survived an explosion. You have escaped from being arrested. You have, hopefully removed any implication of yourselves being at a destroyed guard outpost and you're all taking a moment to breathe and to bond as a group how is everybody feeling right now kind of like crap (laughs) very tired we're all very fatigued one of us has just like a hole in their butt but not their butthole it's not <laughs> ideal. It's true. It's true. But but two return of but. <laughs> Karen is feeling extremely fatigued and also kind of annoyed that she missed her birthday party, but she was doing more important things, and she's sure that tomorrow everybody will be ready to wish her a you know delayed happy birthday at work. Everything will turn out okay in the end. That's what she believes. Flynn, you are kind of quiet. You're sitting in the the furthest corner of the booth and you're kind of pensively holding in your fingers the amulet, just kind of taking it in and you feel as though the discovery of magic in a small town is a bit of an elephant in the room and you wonder to yourself what the wielding of such power is going to bring down on you. Slimvar leans forward and kind of quietly addresses the group. What do we do about our... I mean, I'm keeping them. Keep in mind, at least. But what do we do about our our special items? What does this mean? Like, I've been selling paper to wizards trying to make spells come true, and, and we, we made things materialize. How do we keep this a secret and stay safe? And how do I still make all my sales? Well... Do you think we should talk to the wizards about this? It seems like they know more than we do about magic. And Yeah, how close are you with these wizards? Are they friends or are they just business partners? Just business. Mm. Have you ever uh, talked about your home life with them? Would they have a personal conversation with you? I don't really talk about my home life with uh, potential clients unless this is kind of an angle to, you know, use. Mm. That doesn't but, sound um, like friends. Yeah. But, I, yeah, but I'm very chummy we're chummy but professionally chummy so if i could weave it in a way of talking about sales and, and new new supplies depending if that that tall guy at work hasn't stuffed up my uh our relationship with them <sighs> sale of the year maybe we can kind of work out what what to do from there but i'm i'm not sure if will they try and use what we have and then will then we become part of all that and come out in the open i'm sure oh. karen doesn't want her kids knowing she has a magical axe that just appears. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm certain I don't want my uh, children to find out I've become a magical experiment if uh, 
that's what you suspect the wizards might do. Possibly. Roll me a perception check, everybody. Is it passive perception or perception? No, it's active perception check. Oh, cool. I got a 16. I got a 12. A 9. 14. Flynn, mm-hmm. through the hush chats that you guys are having, out of the corner of your eye, you notice a waitress heading over to refill your drinks. Okay. I immediately shoot my drink up into the middle stick and I'm like, huzzah! Oh, uh, uh hooray! <laughs> I don't have to Karen! Uh, oh, oh, happy birthday, Karen! Oh, happy oh, birthday! I thank thank you thank you so much. It's it's been an interesting one, hasn't it? <laughs> the waitress makes it over to your table and she says, "Oh, howdy, y'all. Can I uh, can I refill anyone's drink? Did I hear y'all talking about magic? What are you uh, what are you guys talking about? The magic of a birthday, Miss Waitress. I would day. love a refill. <laughs> they are too kind. These are my these are my." wonderful colleagues from work we work at the janderson breathlets paper company and uh we're we're all out for a little uh after work drinkies to celebrate my <laughs> birthday and yes i would like another ale please thank you so me too much, thank you ma'am dear. and I'd, I'd like to get around the waitress refills everybody's drinks and takes some money from flynn and says y'all make an adorable little group i uh i very much enjoy when when friends come and and enjoy themselves in our atmosphere. I guess I must have misheard. I, I thought I heard you talking about magic, but that's okay. You guys have yourself a, a lovely evening, and we'll. I hope to see you all again around here. Thank you very much, dear. And she leaves. As soon as she's left, I'm like, guys, we need to be a little inconspicuous about this. The right word, inconspicuous. Let's just put a pause on this conversation until we get back to my place. Yeah, nah. it- yeah. <laughs> Big sleep. <sighs> Maybe I should get some uh, antibiotics so I don't get some sort of infection, uh, you know, in my tushy. You know, that's a grand idea, darling. I think you should pop by the pharmacy tomorrow and <laughs> see what they can do for you. Yes. You can definitely claim it as a workplace instance, so you shouldn't have to pay too much. <laughs> that's great. I will sign off on that, darling. Don't worry about that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Not a problem. So what do we do about the exploded chemicals? Mm, I will find a way to talk to Janison about that. The important thing is our company's supplies were not used to blow up a marketplace. And I think exactly. that's really what we have to be focused on here. I know that we don't have the supplies with us like we promised Janison, but they're not blowing up at the town. So I feel like that's a net benefit. Are you going to tell Janison? Absolutely, it'll be in my debriefing. Is that the best idea? How else do we explain wandering in without the chemicals? We may want to lie. Just because, like, what kind of questions are going to come up? He's going to be like, oh, who was trying to blow up the mar- that marketplace? With the That's true. I guess we could say that they escaped on a horse-drawn cart. And we didn't catch the cart. I think it's better to admit the truth rather than lie, because then we can't get caught out. Because we did do a, a horse race through a forest near a city. We did do that, yes. We did do that. And, so how uh, about I... we say that we, we witnessed all this and then decided it was against health and safety regulations or the image of the company, which he's very precious <laughs> about. You know, spin a yarn, spin a yarn. Diligently found them, made sure they weren't 
you know, been off-sold to our competitors, but they were destroyed, so there's no evidence to bring back. And then nothing about us doing any other extracurricular things and let him draw his own conclusions. (laughs) You've had a few too many, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. No, I think think that uh, you are all on the right path. I won't tell him about the blown up building in the, in the slums. I don't yeah. think that that would be extremely good for our image. However, I will tell him how much I appreciated having you all there. You were all extremely helpful and exemplary examples of the kind of people that we want in the Janderson Bradford's paper company. Oh, thanks, Cairns. <laughs> I know. God knows I need that. As you all finish your drinks and get up to leave and go your separate ways, same way. It's pretty late at night. You guys going home or are you heading to Karen's? I'm going to head home. I'm going to head home, check on my dad and sisters. Mm, I'll also head to my abode. As you head your separate ways, we pan up to the night sky (laughs) and we listen to the sounds of the city still at peace, thanks to you. And three days later, we come back into the Janderson Breffords Parchment Company. Everything is running as a normal day. You each are stuck into your work. What have you all been up to in the three days since the deal that you made in the diner? Karen has uh, enrolled in a Great Axe boot camp. And every morning she gets up at dawn. And she goes to a dwarven boot camp and she's been training with not obviously not her magical great axe, but with a mundane great axe to just kind of improve on her skills because it has been a few years. And there were a couple of embarrassing swings and misses that she felt that she could have avoided if she'd kept up with her training. Roll me a d20 with your proficiency bonus. That was a net one. After three mornings, you were removed from the boot camp because you kept trying to teach the other students. <laughs> you know um, what? That does sound about right. She kept saying, no, you really have to feel this in your heart. And then you move from your heart through your great axe. And that's how dwarves fight. And then she was removed. The tutor told you that you were the best one and that you've passed the course and that there's no need to come back. And as, as you leave on the third day, the remaining students breathe themselves a sigh of relief. <laughs> Rude. Hilarious. Uh, Frankie, what have you been up to for the last three days? Frankie has been chilling out in his makeshift workspace, his workshop. You didn't pack it up? Going, no. Did you, uh, did you I mean, move it? I mean, it's, it's moved. It's moved to a, another location. So he's been sort of tinkering there and talking a lot with... Um, Murphy about trying to get some uh, secret supplies and stuff. So you know. So you've been back to Murphy's Honest Goods a couple of times. Yeah, and bought some of his honest goods. Roll me a d twenty with your proficiency bonus. That is a eighteen. Okay, you're pretty confident at this point. After your tinkering and experimenting, you understand how to infuse an electron piece into an item to create a mild magical effect. You've experimented with light, smell, and sound, and also managed to learn how to extract 
the electrum piece again without fail using your tools and your concentration and you've mm -hmm. also learned how to use the electrum piece in your position to create small magical effects nice you're learning about how magic works and how to at will create small effects just out of interest, okay. what level one spells do you have access to? I've got... So I have my cantrips as Mage Hand and Firebolt. And my first level spells, I think I have two. I think you can change them out quite a bit, but what are the two that you would have prepared most of the time? Cure Wounds. Actually, I only have to pick Cure Wounds. Um, and I think uh, the other one would either be arcane weapon or the yeah it's probably that one or those two are probably the main two you have learned how to wielding an electron piece create a telekinetic effect with a glowing hand that you can use around your little laboratory to mm -hmm. reach things out of your reach and bring them to you you're having a little bit of fun collecting your tools from around your around your office and you've not mastered but you've definitely gained a lot of experience in the last three yeah. days using telekinesis through this extra hand that you can create but you haven't dared to try anything of a higher level than that you're a little yeah. bit afraid of of <laughs> hurting people on the floor yeah yep exactly flynn what have you been up to for the last couple of days so the first day I spent kind of catching up on my sales and my to-do list from work, just so I keep on target with my personal goals. Um, and then the next couple of days I spent researching through my contacts that I know to find more information around like what actually magic was in the world and find out all the information. And then I took myself away to a secluded area at the back of my family's historic estates. And I tried with a trusted friend of the family some of my things that i discovered about myself and my skills we've got a, a mute man servant that's uh was kind of my manny that has been a long-term friend and i practiced some things on him okay roll me a d20 and add your proficiency bonus a 22 good roll did you roll a natural 20 then yes i did it was great okay awesome so running through these things one at a time you discovered in your research that about 165 years ago, magic was commonplace. It has been about that much time since magic disappeared from the world. And also coincidentally, 165 years ago was also the last confirmed sighting and communication with any kind of god. Before then, magic was something that literally anybody who had the time had the skill had the commitment to a deity could possess and for the most part common folk and rich folk and royal folk alike all had level access to magic but something happened around that time that changed everything and since then magic has been rare and the common folk at least have not had any access to magic since then. Would Flynnvan know, with the history check or something, what people assumed was the reason the gods left or are not around? You understand that there was a person who was executed in Ymir City who offended the gods in some way and was blamed for the disappearance of magic. 
But okay. you also hear of a bunch of other things that the gods all got old and died. You hear that the world became blasphemous. You hear that the gods were all slain or that they felt it in fighting. There's a lot of different explanations. The execution of a human who seems to be at fault pops up a few times, but there isn't one solid explanation for what happens to magic. And did you say that you were training with your manservant in swordsmanship as well? Uh, no, just uh, skills and things. I'm, I'm already pretty good at my swords. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, with your natural 20L, that's probably as much information as I'm willing to pass on. Oh, oh that, was a, that was a pretty good chunk of stuff that you've been yeah. researching. But, <laughs> it's pretty yeah. good once he sits down to a task. <laughs> People agree that around 165 years ago, magic and gods both disappeared from the world. But as to why, there's too many explanations to really put down to one. Ida, what have you been up to... In the last three days. First off, uh, the next day I did go and see Murphy again. And basically I was quite intrigued by him pretending to be a tiefling. And I thought, hey, how long did it take for you to, you know, get so good at that? Disguises and such. And I also asked him, because I was thinking, if I can do something about my horns, then it'll be a lot easier for me to disguise myself as other things. Because as he made very clear, tieflings are notorious for being notorious. So he um, had a chat to Murphy, and does Murphy give him any suggestions on like if he could sell his horns, or if he could, if there's anything he could do to minimise them? Uh, Murphy tells you it's a lot easier to add horns than remove them. He has a selection of hats that just have horns poking out of them, so it's a lot easier to put one of those on. And the fact that he's a fire genasi makes it quite easy to present himself as a tiefling because he does have red skin. He does offer to sell you a disguise kit, and one of his major pieces of advice to you would be hats, turbans. He can see that you've spent time filing down your horns, and it is not only a time-consuming process, but also a fairly painful one. Despite the fact that he is a businessman, he seems hesitant to help you remove your horns. Okay, cool. But he does offer you... You know, like he gives you a, a turban and a top hat as part of your disguise <laughs> kit if you if you choose to buy it. Tall hats is, is seems to be his his uh, suggestion. his suggestion. Do you do you buy the disguise kit? How much is the disguise kit? It's three gold. Yes, yeah. It comes with makeup, face paints, you know, different pairs of glasses, and a few different hats. Where <laughs> if you were to, because your skin is grey. If you were to add makeup and apply, you know, maybe a scarf around your neck, you would effectively be able to hide your horns. And the one thing that he does suggest to you is that sunglasses or dark glasses to hide your green eyes will definitely be beneficial to you as all tieflings have the same color eyes and they are even past the horns. There are very few people who have eyes that color. Are there such thing as contact lenses? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not yet, but you have an inventor in your midst. Maybe you can talk to him about inventing them. True. And in my other spare time, I have been practicing with my throwing my dagger and seeing how far, because currently I can um, throw a summon dagger and then summon a new one, but I need to know where the dagger is. And there seems to be quite a long time between being able to do it again. Romeo D20 plus proficiency. Oh, man. Um, that's a seven. Okay. You really get the hang of dismissing and summoning your dagger 
so just mechanic wise if you want to do one of those actions as i said last episode it is a free action so you can dismiss your dagger without using up your action or your bonus action but if you mm -hmm. choose to do both in the same turn it will consume your bonus action gotcha thank you other than that your aim doesn't really get any better you mm. get the hang of the process of throw dismiss summon throw dismiss summon it's clunky and you often tend to drop the the mental rhythm that you get into because you start thinking of other things but you kind of know that like through the process of concentrating very hard for a moment you can start to control the process of the weapon that your amulet is providing for you where are you doing this out of interest are you doing it at home yes so just kind of out my window because there's a um the next door neighbor's quite close so i'm just kind of throwing it into their wall because <laughs> i can see it have you all been talking to each other throughout this have you or have you been kind of keeping separate i have been not being super chummy with all you guys but i've you know i'll say hi when i see you just kind of trying to keep it on the down low because it is a bit weird for the janitor to have a close relationship with these people karen and flynn would have a bit more of a relationship than karen and frankie or karen and idafer just because they work closer together so she'll be saying hi, she'll be checking in and making sure everybody is like, doing okay. And she probably would have had a um, chat to Flynn about sales. Um, Karen would have had a little quiet conversation about all of you regarding um, your future in the Janderson Breffords paper company and parchment company rather, and where you see your career um, taking you. But it, it would have been kind of out of the blue and a little bit strange. But yeah, that's what Karen's been doing. At about, you know, 6pm, the time that it takes you to finish work and go home, Idafa, you walk into the front door of your house and your parents are waiting for you. There is a rather doled up female halfling and a suit wearing male halfling with a moustache holding a cat that he you knowing your dad he never seems to put down and they say hello sweetie uh how was work today i walk in i'm a bit confused i slam the door behind me well not slam but kind of i'm not paying attention to the door and my own strength just kind of pushes it a little too hard Hey, uh, uh, watch that door, champ. You know, I'm not, I'm not made of doors around here. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna scare whiskers if you keep making noise like that. Meow. Hi, mum and dad. Uh, what are you, mm, hi, uh, work was good. How was your days? Your father and I have been talking and we just wanted to check on you. You came home awfully late the other night and that's not like you. You know, we had that conversation about you not being out at night because... You know, we love you, but the guards have brought you home enough times and you're getting old, er, and we're a little concerned about what you've been doing with your spare time. If you're wondering about those holes in the neighbor's wall, it's just, um, I've seen some birds. Anyway, uh, the po um, so yeah, the other night we had, it was a colleague's birthday and we had a birthday party. Oh, you've and made some friends. I have made some friends, Mum. Isn't it great? Oh, they're such good friends. 
Uh, and we just had a couple drinks. And I'm really sorry I didn't tell you guys where I was going or why I was going or that I was going. Birds, yeah. you say? Well, I'll definitely have to get Whiskers up on the roof and see if he can't catch some of them. He's such a clever boy. You know, he's just... And then your dad, like, leaves and runs up the stairs towards where your room is holding the cat. And your your mother comes forwards and takes one of your hands. For you, it's like, you know, basically as low as your hands go, but she holds onto your hand. And she says, Darling, when I cleaned your sheets the other night, the night you came home late, they were, how do I put this, full of blood. And since you're a boy, tiefling... I was wondering whether you've been getting yourself into any trouble. Ah, uh, about the blood. Um, so we had drunk perhaps a little too much, and I had tripped. I tripped on some glass, and it cut my leg, and that is why there was blood, because you- I'm a boy tiefling. Are you okay? Can I take a look at the wound? I, I usually I would take you to the doctor. Did you did you dress it yourself? Oh, yeah, it's fine. Honestly, one of my colleagues uh, used to be a nurse, so she just slapped some stuff on there. It's doing great now. Uh, it's all healed up. You'll notice that there's no more blood on my sheets. Uh, everything is fine, Mum. Thanks. I, I I know you care. <laughs> Can you roll deception for me? I'm going to roll inside. 16. Okay. Your dad comes back down the stairs, missing a cat. Obviously, he's he's put the cat outside to see if he can catch those birds. And your mum seems worried, but doesn't want to press the issue anymore. And your dad says, Hey, champ, uh, it's good that you're earning money. I, uh, I'm glad that that little connection with, with Brefords is working out. Are they... Are they treating you well down there? I know that not everybody is nice to good boys like you. Uh, people tend to think that that you're a bad guy when you're when you're just you're just my little man, you know. Well, you're a lot bigger than me now, but how are you doing, bud? Are they are they treating you well out there? I I smile at my dad and I I bring them both in for a real big hug because I I, I do like I love my parents. They're really lovely. Dad, honestly, I'm so glad that you gave me this opportunity because it's working out really well. People are actually really nice to me, which I didn't think was going to be the case, especially these new friends I've made. You know, there's always going to be the bad apples, but uh, you guys have taught me pretty well. Your mom says, okay, well, next time you come home and you're hurt, you can you can always wake me up, you know. I'll we'll go to see a doctor. I just I really worry about you, Idy. I just there was a lot of blood in those sheets, and are you sure I can't take a look at that wound? I, three days doesn't seem like a lot of time for that kind of stuff to heal. I remember that I got a paper cut on my hand at work, pre like during the day, and I'm like, oh, sorry, did I say a cut on my leg? No, just a cut on my hand. And I show it to her just to, like, pretend that it's the one that I was talking about that's healed. Okay. Do I need to roll anything for that? Your dad has an, like, examines it. And he's like, wow, that's a, that's quite a cut there. They should make less sharp paper down at that factory. Oh, that's, that's definitely not good. And your mom's like, oh, well, 
I've never confused my hand and my leg before, but you're a special boy. Come with me and we'll, we'll get you all put back together, okay? We, we love you, honey. And we're really worried that when you stay out at night that those awful guardsmen are going to think that you're up to no good. But we know you're a good boy. Oh, I love you too, Bob. Yeah, I try not to stay out late. And I understand that I'm a tiefling and people don't like tieflings. But like you say, I'm a good guy. I'm a good boy. And I would not do anything bad. You certainly are. Now, come on, we'll get that, we'll get that cut sorted out. We don't want it to get infected. And your Can mom... I have a dinosaur plaster? <laughs> <laughs> your mum leads you into the other room. I'll roll a medicine check for your mum. Oh, she got a nat 20. Not only does she use the exact right amount of, you know, disinfectant and stuff and cleans your wound and bandages your hand, but she also finds an unopened box of dinosaur plasters and just gets that all up in there. Just dinosaur plasters all over. You know, maybe maybe puts one on your cheek and, and then with a natural 20, you guys have really nice roast duck for dinner. Hell yeah. So down with that. <laughs> hey, it's Penny here. Thanks so much for following our podcast this far. My chemical errand is all done, and after the Smoker episode, we'll be moving into Arc 2, which is called The Infinite Goose. Exciting stuff. And we'll be back onto our weekly slash bi-weekly releases after that. Our social media platforms are all up and running. The host site is janisonbreffords.podbean.com, and you can listen to the show by searching for The Terrible Adventures of the Janison Breffords Parchment Company on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast and on Twitter at jbpcpodcast. Both of these platforms should keep you updated when new episodes go live. The usual shout-outs to Tabletop Audio for letting us use the sounds in the podcast. I'm doing something different with the background sound for this app, but Tabletop stuff will be back in the future. The music for Smoko is called A Call Upon Us by The 126. Thanks as well to Regan McKinnon from the Porch Recording Studio for the show's theme song. A massive big love you to Liz, Poppy, Steph, and Nate for being amazing D&D players and just fantastic role players. We've recorded quite a few eps ahead of where we are, and trust me, there's some truly fun content ahead. And as usual, a huge thank you to my very loving partner, Liv, who has not only been so supportive as I spend a lot of our uh, free time editing the podcast and coming up with new ideas, but also works super hard on all of the art and keeps up with me when I'm being fussy and want things in a very specific way. If you do like the art of the show and you're looking to get some commission work done for yourself, maybe you want a D&D character drawn, maybe you want a map, maybe you want uh, a logo or an original comic done, you can reach Liv at Liv Artisan Design on Facebook, Twitter, or Patreon. That's L-I-V-A-R-T-I-S-A-N. And finally, a shout out to you, the person listening to this podcast right now. I started up the show on a whim, and if it wasn't for all you cool people out there listening, I honestly don't know if I would have been able to continue. Watching the download count go up each day makes my day, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for enjoying and following the show. Alright, the speech is over. Let's get back into it. Frankie, who do you sort of go talk to during this time? 
he would uh, like to go talk to Murphy still because you know he would have been you know back there getting some stuff, but he also just wants to to talk to him because you know he's he's struggling keeping you know food on the table for his family and you know he wants to get them out of poverty and maybe Murphy has some ideas okay. you know so for the third day in a row you go to Murphy's store mm-hmm. and you open the door and the bell rings and from the other side of a few shelves you hear welcome to Murphy's Honest Goods what can I help you with to- oh Frankie it's you back again my favorite customer how are you today my good friend uh, I'm pretty good my good friend also hey you know can i be real with you can i, can I have a man-on-man talk oh absolutely you know i'm always here for a fellow man i'm also here for the women too but for the purposes of this i'm i'm gonna help you out what can i do for you my good friend if you're gonna uh, keep I mean, coming you... here i'm gonna need you to eventually start spending money but for the time being <laughs> i'm enjoying your company uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, that's actually what I wanted to talk to you about. You know, you you look like you're you're, you're a successful man. I you know, am. you 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 dress sharply. You've got gold in your pockets. Uh, you know, I I got a family to support. Uh, how I I don't want to be poor anymore. I want to elevate. You know, to your to your standards. You know, how do how do we do that? How can that happen? Well, have you considered getting for unlikely misfits to overthrow your boss and taking over his company because that worked pretty well for me i haven't considered that <laughs> i'll put that on the back burner but uh you know i'm, I'm not much of a like a businessman i'm a maybe get some things and then sell some things on you know make 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 money like that way not you know uh i don't want to be stuck behind a, a desk running things and uh, oh you know ordering people to take care of other people if you know what i mean uh... well frankie why don't you uh why don't you come back into my private office and let's have ourselves a little talk hey uh yanis can you man the man the counter for a few minutes and a human girl about 16 years old pops out from behind one of the one of the shelves where she's been stacking the the front of the store is mostly um, you know, sundries and it's it's like a bits and pieces store. There there isn't there doesn't really seem to be a single theme. It's mostly just a fantasy old school market where there's like, you know, potion ingredients in one aisle and then nuts and bolts in another aisle. It definitely seems to be a general purpose store. He leads you back into his office where he not only has this safe that you remember from Vito's office, but he also somehow seems to have procured the fancy velvet top desk that was in that room that you guys were in before the floor blew out and he sits behind the desk and he offers you a a comfortable chair and a and a glass of some very fine cider he's gotten from somewhere oh now frankie you are somebody who knows what my business is all about in this room we can say the word magic I'm a procurer of magical items. I'm a salesman of the macabre, of the unusual, of the specifically useful. Yes, yes. So I'll make you a deal. I don't mind where you get it from or how it comes to be in your possession. But if you come across any items of power or objects of oddness, why don't you... Bring them to me, and we can come up with a little deal. I pay very well. 
we can keep ourselves a little bit of a secret going, can we not? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, keeping the secret while also trying to better myself and my family. Like I look up, I look up to you. You, you started from the bottom, and now you're here. And I also want to to get there. And and you know, you're you're perfectly upstanding gentlemen. You've never been dishonest. And, you know, you you're selling honest goods here and i just want to be that guy you know i want to be like you frankie my good friend there's no need to blow smoke up my butthole okay you and i can talk openly i am a criminal and as a genasi i didn't really start at the bottom i started from sort of somewhere above the middle you know i have connections i have innate magical power that comes from my ancestors you know, a lot of my people tend to be fairly sought after in positions of power and influence. I didn't exactly start at the very bottom, you know? I mean, yeah, obviously not the very bottom. But you know, you, you weren't you weren't you weren't at the top straight away. You know, you worked, you got there, and now you got all this respect. And I just want respect. I want money. I want power. Uh, I want to bring back magic to this world so we don't have to be in this very, you know, nicely decorated, you know, underground office talking about it. That is quite a lofty goal that you have there, Frankie. He reaches into his disc and he pulls out a nice little pouch and he puts it down on the disc and he says, Now, if you feel so inclined, I can offer you a loan of sorts. If you're interested, I can give you this money now. And in return, you can... Oh, let's call it a secret favor. You can owe me a secret favor for the future. Uh, how do you feel about getting involved with me in this kind of business sense? Ah, uh, you know, and... In, in... All my research and people I've spoken to, no one's ever had anything bad to say about, you know, loaning money from criminals. So, you know, and you're an upstanding guy, you know, you've got some, you know, shady dealings, but what's ever, what's, what's the worst that could happen by me taking money from you? So I'm, I, I, I will take you up on that offer. Well, here you are, my friend Frankie, 1,000 gold into your pocket today. Use it to... Take care of your family. Take care of your sisters. What, uh, what did you say your, their names were again? Uh, Amanda, uh, Emily, and Emil. Uh, and yeah, we just lived down on uh, 35th Street. Uh, it's that house with the uh, brown door. Well, I'll tell you what. In six weeks, why don't you pay me this thousand gold back? Hopefully in that time it will have added itself in value. Or, on the other hand, if in six weeks' time you find yourself unable to pay it back, I may have a small task for you. I may need you to recover a piece of merchandise for me as a way of returning the favor. How does that sound to you? That sounds very fair. You are a very fair and kind man. You know, more people should be like you. Thank you so much for that, Murph. You're, you know, you're, you're a real pal. I certainly agree with you on that. Now, why don't you and I, in honor of our little deal, and in honor of your sisters, Amanda, Emily, and Emil, why don't we shake hands on this excellent deal? And he offers his hand out to you. Yeah, and Frankie shakes his hand firmly. What an excellent day for business. 
this is Frankie. Oh, oh you yes. know, I love exchanging favors. I'm a good guy for favors. I look forward to our relationship together. Ah, oh, same, man. Same. Uh, so Frankie stands up. And he's like, oh, yeah, you have a you have a good day, man. Don't uh, don't work so hard. Feel free to pop in and visit me in my office anytime, my good friend. And like I said, if you come across any items of of spectacular power and value, you come on back and you bring them to Uncle Fred. You, you're Frankie. You come on back and you bring them to Uncle Murphy. Why don't you? Uh, I will. I will. Thanks. Thanks a lot, mate. And uh, he stands up and, uh, you know, casually strolls out and uh, walks briefly. Frankie, don't forget to take your bag of gold with you. It's still uh, he forgets here on the my gold. Desk. He turns around. He, he grabs the gold. He's like, oh, oh thanks. You know, I'm not used to having money. So he, thanks for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> grabs it, stuffs it in his little satchel and leaves. Wow. <laughs> Anyone want to make any comments about that scene? Oh. Oh my god, Frankie! <laughs> uh, oh my god, Frankie! <laughs> he doesn't know <laughs> what he's just gotten himself into, <laughs> but you know, what, what's the worst that could happen? Not, nothing ever bad. Your family did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, the worst that could happen? Hmm. <laughs> you should see Karen's proposal to Janderson for all of us. Because Frankie is being taken care of, and he's just fucked all of shit. This is cool. This There's is... gonna be a whole arc about this. <laughs> Frankie. Oh my god! Amazing. That was incredible. I love Murphy, and that is just such a great step in the direction of seeing a lot more of him. Okay, so. <laughs> shit. <laughs> So Flinva, what would you like to do with your with your day? Who would you like to go see? Cool. So as part of my um, getting my sales in order, I had in the back of my mind that little lovely lady Cassie that we uh, had help from, and so I've created a nice stationery pack that I'm going to deliver. So I'm going to take that to her and some other things, make a friend, and and maybe a future sale. So you're going out to Keston again to visit Cassie? Yep. Okay. Are you also visiting anyone else while you're there, or are you just going to see Cassie? Just Cassie. Just Cassie. Okay. So, you know, after a much less eventful carriage ride than the first time you arrive in Keston Town, there are a few small remnants of your time that you had there. You notice that the there's someone there fixing the gates to the storage facility, and that a few of the branches of some of the low-hanging trees have been broken, but otherwise the town is as quiet and as peaceful as you first remember. You go to the the guard station. This time there actually is a couple of guards sitting and drinking coffee. They seem to be on their way through. There's one Warforged and one Tabaxi and one human. And Cassie is sitting quietly in the corner with her hands clasped on her lap, just smiling and enjoying the moment. She turns and sees you enter and she's like, oh, it's my little friend that I gave the candy to. Oh no, I didn't give candy to. Don't tell anybody about that. What a, what can I do for you? <laughs> it's lovely to see you again, Cassie. My name is Flinva. I just, I really appreciated the help that you gave me and my friends and colleagues, I should say, as well. Friends and colleagues. Um, The last time I was here. So I've, I've just brought you a little something just to show my thanks and uh, 
yeah, I hope you appreciate it. Um, I hope you appreciate it. <laughs> he does not say that. I hope you appreciate my gift. <laughs> I brought a little something to give to you uh, to show my appreciation for us, I guess. And she's like, oh, <laughs> it's so very kind of you. Usually it's very difficult for me to use stationery because the pencils are so very tiny. What does she see when she opens the package that you put together for her? So as she um, looks upon the package, uh, it's nicely portioned in this decorative box. There are some pencils that are a perfect size for her hands and also a extra large fountain pen. And so as she kind of looks over, I explained to her that a colleague of mine showed me when I was, you know, running through asking for some paper samples um, what this is. And I I thought that it was a lovely gift to give to a lovely lady. And then I kind of explained a little bit what Frankie told me about how it works. You still sand the, the ink after, but you just fill it up and should save you time and make your job much more easier for doing your important admin work. And then I also talked her through um, some of the samples that I've given her. So there's a nice decorative diary, which looks very personal, but then there's also some professional looking parchment sheets that she can use in her everyday life. And as she kind of comes to the end, there's a little candy jar for her to give out sweets of her own so she doesn't have to be comparable to her town sweet jar. Oh gosh, these pencils are the right size for me. And this, this strange looking quill is, this is something new. I've never seen something like this before. Did you say a colleague of yours built this? This is so nice. Oh, how lucky. Oh, this is so lovely. What a fine gentleman you are. A one of a kind item for a one of a kind lady. Oh, how very lovely. Administration is going to be so much easier now. This is this is excellent. Oh, and I can see the paper has my name on it already. That'll save me so much time when I'm when I don't need to sign things. I can just stamp them and they're ready to go. This is excellent. Flinbar, would you No. Go on, yes. Oh, I'm terribly shy, but this is such a lovely gift. In return, could I could I possibly Take you out for a nice meal. And the human and the tabaxi are clearly listening to this point and they're like giving themselves, you know, little handshakes and they're like, Cassie's got a boyfriend, Cassie's got a boyfriend. And the Warforge joins in, but much, much louder. <laughs> Cassie has a boyfriend. Cassie has a boyfriend. <laughs> so a little bit startled, but he politely says, I, w- I would very much love to have. A lovely meal with a, a gorgeous friend. Well, the only option that we have here is, is the squealing porker, but perhaps I could meet you in the city tonight and we could go to a city restaurant. That would be ever so lovely. I'll pay for my own meal, of course. I imagine I'm probably going to eat significantly more than you, so I'll pay for my own meal, I promise. Oh, I'm happy to split the bill as always. Um, I've got the perfect place I can think of. Um, how do you feel about lovely flavours and weird vegetables? The first one sounds excellent, and the second one sounds weird. <laughs> There's this fun thing that I've discovered called eggplants that I'd love to show you. Oh, that sounds excellent. Let's let's go and see this excellent eggplant restaurant that you're talking about. And would it would it be alright with you if I tell my mother that I'm going on a date? Oh you sure can. You sure can. And I'd love to meet her at some stage. I don't know why you guys have muted your microphones because I I would love to hear the laughter that you guys are they've muted their microphones and they are just absolutely dying with laughter right now. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. 
I shoot this! <laughs> I can imagine I'm Cassie picking Huge up and carrying woman. me over a puddle in a, in a street. <laughs> <laughs> and Cassie, Cassie runs over to the guardsmen that are in the building and shows them the, the cute stationery that she has and the 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 tabaxi and the human are both they know that they need to stay on Cassie's good side so they're like oh yeah nice nice pencils there they seem actually genuinely interested at the the fountain pen but Cassie won't let them touch it because it's hers and it's her special present but they go back to grumbling and talking amongst themselves and you catch on to the idea that these two guys have been assigned here to investigate the storage facility and they're kind of grumpy about it. They don't really like having to be out here in Keystone when they have to travel every morning and, and spend the day out here. And they're calling it a, you know, a pig town. And they're, they're, they seem really grumpy. Roll a perception check for me. Oh, that's a net one. I'm going to roll. Can I roll? I can roll again. You can re-roll. You're, you're a halfling. <laughs> 10 is better. So, so I get a 12. Okay. So when Cassie gets up and goes over and looks at, like, shows her stationery to the guardsmen in the room, you happen to look down at her desk and you notice that there is an investigation report that Cassie has been filling out concerning the blood that was discovered at the storage facility. It was strange because it appeared to have been somehow siphoned, although they're not sure how. And you can see that there are no suspects, but that a one-armed man has been taken into custody and is now in the Emperor's dungeons awaiting questioning. Fun. <laughs> okay. He takes a note of that mentally to uh, talk to the team about, because that could be problematic. What do you mean by siphoned? Like, like... I don't know if you remember, but Frankie experimented with magic during the moment where you guys were dragging the bodies back into the storage facility and oh used God. a, I want to say prestidigitation or something similar to that, mm. rolled kind of low, so wasn't able to completely clean up the blood, but managed to clear away a significant portion of it. So it's like someone took a mop to dirt, but there's still a little bit left. Okay. Um, can I use charmed persons on one of the guards and start up a conversation with them charmed person being a level one spell mm -hmm. i'm gonna just quickly grab the player's handbook because if you're going to be using a like a um an enchantment spell on an officer while there's witnesses i just need to check what that means <laughs> um actually okay, maybe, maybe i should just role play <laughs> i'm gonna say if you want to cast a level one spell that will require you to hold and consume a electrum piece and there's almost no way that you could do that without the guards Subtly. seeing you. Okay, I'd like to join them jovially, like just politely introduce myself to them and um, say, kind of segue myself into that um, showcasing of stationery and introduce where I'm from. Um, the What is it? Janison Jefferson? I always forget the name. Ja Janison Brefford's Parchment Company. Janison Brefford's. I wrote it down, but I, I can't read my own writing, so I was like, Bridson's and Jamsland? <laughs> <laughs> so I introduce where I'm from and I kind of weave in lots of um, compliments to Cassie and, and, you know, how she's a very helpful administrator. I kind of weave into the conversation. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know what it's like in these um, outskirt towns, but we've had such a lot of issues with, uh, you 
you know, black market slaughterhouses popping up everywhere. It's disgusting. Can't get it, can't get away. So it's nice to kind of get some breath of fresh air and come to a, a you know, a pig farm with of repute where there's definitely not going to be a black market slaughterhouse somewhere. Okay. What information, are you, so you're basically trying to throw them off course by introducing the idea of a black market slaughterhouse happening in one of the storage facilities? Well, just the, the concept that where I've come from, there's been trouble with black market slaughterhouses popping up in random places. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to make you role play this scene, but just roll me a performance okay. check and just tell me okay. how, how well you did at this. Oh, fucking hell. I got another on that one. Well, okay. you can re-roll that. Roll off my, and this is why I'm halflings, because I have terrible rolls. Liz, you should definitely be a halfling in the future. <laughs> I don't roll ones, I just roll low. <laughs> you roll above one, below ten. <laughs> For those of you who are not in on the joke, Liz plays a different D&D game with me where we're players together, and she has quite possibly the worst rolls consistently that I've ever seen on another player. At least she's consistent. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> have you considered changing dice? The dice prison. I have a few different dice, but um, I am cursed. I was given a cursed dice roller, and it has infected all of my dice. Oh. I have a feeling it's one of the other people that we play with that is actively cursing you because your roles have been okay in this group. I feel like that's accurate, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I rolled an 18, so an unnatural 22. They, being Cassie's new boyfriend, they are jovially, you know, welcome you to sit down with them and they offer you some coffee and they have a listen to what you have to say. You seem like a legit dude and Cassie seems to like you and it's everyone's best business to keep Cassie happy because how their experience in the town goes is largely dependent on how Cassie's feeling. So... They agree to look into that. They're like, oh, you know, I've never I've never heard of a black market slaughterhouse before, but you know what? We'll we'll definitely have a look into that. Thanks for the tip, bud. Oh, you're welcome. Anything to help, you know. I just really dislike lawlessness. I think it gets in everyone's way and especially when you're from such a reputable company, you know, we're just doing our best for the community and the paper and oh, progress. Oh, isn't he wonderful? He's such a reputable salesman. Oh, we're going to have such a nice day. <laughs> And, uh, yes, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I must go and uh, get ready soon, though, to look my best for you, Cassie. Excellent. And uh, and we'll we'll leave you there as you jump back onto a a cart heading back to the city. How do you feel about what just what just happened and the information that you just obtained? Very bewildered how I somehow ended up with the date. <laughs> I'm quite a bachelor, so I'm very confused by that. But also a bit worried about the uh, the guard looking into that and the one armed bandit being in the uh under questioning so i think i'm kind of going to ponder on the way back who developments um, what i think of a fancy hat to wear on my date karen i understand what? that you have made an appointment with the boss man is that correct Absolutely. So the past couple of days, Karen has been extremely busy at work. She's been furiously writing down something in a folder and she hasn't been able to be talked to by anyone. She'll go away for lunch breaks, of course, you know, she'll do her her, her daily half an hour long jog with the company jog 
team. Um, but apart from that, she's been at her desk working hard. And after a couple of days, um, she has made a appointment with Janderson regarding a proposal that she's been drafting. Now, just before we go into that scene, you would have been the one that reported back the next day? Yes, that would have that would have already happened, yes. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say that Janderson has not had time to properly sit down with you over the last three days. He took your report, but he seems to have been called out of the office a fair bit. And on the third day, you come back from jog team, and there's a note on your desk summoning you to Janderson's office. Fantastic. She grabs her folder and rushes off to knock on the boss's door. Oh, hello. Yes, please, please come in. Janderson, it's me, Karen. Uh, there was a note on my desk. I, I have a bit of a proposal for you, she says as she opens the door and lets herself in. We have some things to talk about. So yes, please come in. S- sit down. This yes, is- yes, we, we absolutely do. I, I totally understand. Now, my proposal is regarding the um, our, our little chemical errand that we ran a few days ago. Okay. And I presume that that's what you want to talk about as well. I received your written report yes. that you made. And while it is... I'll stop there. What was in the report? What was the official story that you ended up drafting up after the she, meeting that you guys had in the diner? She said that the chemicals were located, they weren't mistakenly delivered, they were stolen, and there was an attempt to get the chemicals back from the thieves, but it was unsuccessful. Where in the report did you say the last place that you saw them was? They lost the cart in the woods on the way back from Keystone. Okay, thank you. Oh, so I have a few things to update you on. The reason that we haven't been able to sit down together is because I've been busy dealing with those darn insurance companies. You know how it is. Uh, Oh, I do know, Jansen. I do apologize. Okay, so, well, the first thing I have to tell you is the chemicals that disappeared. I'm frightfully sorry for sending you on that errand. It appears that... They were, after you saw them, they were brought back into the city and they were actually used in some kind of explosion in the South District. What are, what are the odds? Oh my, how terrible. Was anyone hurt? It does appear that some criminal types were uh, involved in the explosion and that's, that's awfully sad, but it appears that only one man, a mafia man by the name of Mito or Kito or something was involved somehow. And so I've been talking with the insurance people, just trying to make sure that that our money was not lost and that I don't have to sell all of my fabulous suits in order to keep the gears rolling around here. I've also had a fair few board meetings from from that darn board of directors trying to tell me how to run my chemical errands. You know how it is. (laughs) I understand, Janderson. I understand completely. Now, I have a proposal which I think will be very interesting to you. It is uh, regarding the team that was sent on this errand. I believe, as a result of being on this team, I believe that the Janssen Breffitt's Parchment Company would benefit greatly from a specialised group within the company that is built to handle unusual situations. You know, unusual situations such as, say, a 
barrel of chemicals is stolen by the mafia and is used to uh, blow up a a, a, a a building in the south side. That it, is unusual. It was a very unusual situation, and she puts her proposal on the um, table, and it says, away team, Frankie, Flynn, Idafer, Karen. Oh, what... Now, the thing is, is I'm not super familiar. Well, I know you very well. I'm not uh, extra familiar with the people that you took with you on the errand. Uh, what can you tell me about, about this Flynn boy? Yes. Uh, well, Flynn is part of our sales team. He has an excellent head on his shoulders. And I watched him uh, throughout the day continuing to be an exemplary example of how we want our, our, our sales team to work within the Janderson Breffitt's Parchment Company. He took every opportunity he could to push our product and make sure that people knew our name and knew that our products were the best around. For example, we took a taxi to the Westgate and Upon realizing that the taxi driver didn't have any parchment for receipts, Flynnvar gave him his business card, gave him some samples, and encouraged him to contact us if he required more parchment for receipts. It was brilliant to watch, and I believe that in the away team, Flynn would be excellent not only at dealing with these unusual situations, but also in just making sure that everybody knows our name and knows our products. Oh, well, that's very good. Uh, that would be the ride-on taxi carriages, is that correct? I believe I actually have received a call from their from their CEO in the last couple of days, about, about a day ago. Uh, it, it appears that they have contacted us. Was this Flynn's doing? It was! Oh, I'm so pleased to hear that. That's just fantastic. Isn't he such an asset to our company? Oh, absolutely. I'll have to, I'll have to send him a, a flower basket so that he can, he can know that he is such a valued member of our company. And uh, what about these other two? You took a, a factory worker and a... and... oh! Oh! And he, he, he has a look at the other name on the list. And he says, oh, you, you took Molo's boy with you. Oh, this... Very nice. He's a, a, a friend of mine got a job for his son and as a janitor. I didn't realize that you were taking him. We play bowls together on a on a Saturday afternoon. He's quite a good player. I haven't actually spent much time with his boy, but I understand that he's a tiefling. Is that is that correct? Yes, yes, Idafer, our lovely little tiefling janitor, and I do believe that he is wasted in that position. He is one of the bravest people I've ever met. Is that in, right? In the face of such adversity for his kind, he is strong and he is capable and he really goes through life trying to be an ambassador for the tiefling race. I, I do believe that he will come to be one of our most valuable employees within the Janderson Breffords Parchment Company if you just give him the chance. He's just capable of so much more than janitorial work. He's such a quick learner. And if we can... Steph <laughs> <Death> laughing. <laughs> and... <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> and if we, as the Janderson Breffords Parchment Company, can show that the tiefling race are just ordinary people trying to do their jobs, 
then I believe that it will be a great service to our public image, which I, is why I believe that Midafer should also be on this special team that's built for unusual situations. I definitely remember when, when Bono adopted that boy, uh, a lot of people on the Bones team talked about it for months afterwards. He brought this little, oh, yes. this little grey-skinned horned child with him to Bones. I've not really laid eyes on him since he was a young boy. I wish I'd made the time, but at your recommendation, I may consider him for a for a small promotion. That's that's quite a lovely thing to say. And what about this factory boy, this uh, Francis Francis Reynolds? What what can you tell me about him? He's just an absolute darling. Frankie was brought on board our team initially because I, obviously, as manager, I'm, I'm not one who knows very much about chemicals. So I required an expert on all things chemical, mechanical, everything that goes on on our floor. And he's proven to be quite the asset. He's very smart and very handy. He has a very good head on his shoulders. I think that he blossomed during our time away. He has become so much more confident. Since I was on his hiring team, he was a little bit uh, reserved, a little bit uh, quiet. And I had been talking to, to Chastine, you know, the, 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 floor, the floor manager, and she was having problems with him. He was, he was doing his work, but he was also doing things that were not strictly part of his job description. However, they came in handy while we were away, and I think that his talents would be much better suited to a more flexible working situation where he has to respond rapidly to demands that are put upon him. He also does need space to work. I believe that his talents will be greatly improved upon and the products and services that the Janderson Breffitt's parchment company can provide will be greatly improved upon when Frankie can have a space to work. Oh, very, very good. This is, these are all excellent recommendations. You all must have had a fantastic day together. He closes the, the folder that you've handed him and he says, Karen, here's my problem. The yes. four of you failed to recover the chemicals and you cost the company quite a lot of money by failing to do so. Can you please explain to me why you think this team would be more suitable for these kind of excursions in the future when you were unable to do the task that was set out for you? I do apologize. I don't like to scold, but... This is a reality that we have to face. I'll need to sell this to the board. And no, at the moment, uh, they're not your biggest fans. <laughs> no, I understand completely, Mr. Breffert. I, I understand that our initial mission was not a, a traditional success, but uh, it was a completely novel situation for every one of those uh, young men and and I as well, of course. On this mission, we were ex we were expecting to have a little trip out to a frontier town, pick up our chemicals, and return home post haste. And instead, we were thrust into a situation which none of us could have ever imagined: mafia chasing a cart through the woods, thieves. It was a situation which I think. All of those young boys handled 
as best as they could have done in the situation. And I believe that with more training sessions and seminars, these young men will become exemplary employees of the Janderson Breffitt's Parchment Company as part of this away team, which I will be managing. Well, Karen, I'm, I cannot argue with, with you there. I certainly wasn't had no intention of sending you into such danger around these sort of unreputable people, and I, I do apologize. To be fair to you, the money that we received as a result of the insurance is far exceeds the amount of money that we lost through <laughs> through the incident where we lost the chemicals and I'm not expected to pay for the damage that was caused to the exploded building and it does appear that through your failure a dangerous criminal was vaporized <laughs> well I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to take uh, responsibility for that one but thank you so I'm going to tentatively approve this proposal but I'm going to need to see some positive results before I take this to the board. Do you understand? Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Janderson. I, I really, I really do think that we have something special here. And Karen? Yes. May I say, those are some truly fantastic trousers that you've chosen to wear today. <laughs> Thank you so much. I bought them a few days ago as a little birthday present to myself, and I haven't regressed it since. Oh, was it your birthday? I had no idea. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, oh, well, yes, it was my, it was my hundredth birthday, uh, three, three days ago. Um, but I, I suppose that's, I suppose that doesn't matter now. Uh, I, I hope you have a good time reading over that proposal that I've worked very hard on and I look forward to hearing from you soon Janderson it's it was good talking to you and she's going to stand up and leave the room quickly <laughs> I just heard her heart break oh my god very good Karen <laughs> have an excellent day and uh, don't forget there's another party on in just two days that I'll still be expecting you to put on for the office thank you very much oh of course of course Janderson that's for uh that's for Sherry in accounts, isn't it? Yes. Oh, that's uh, correct. You're always so good at remembering the birthdays. <laughs> I'm the only one who does. <laughs> oh, no. They don't deserve you, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Karen. <laughs> and so, for now, life for the Janison Breffitt's Parchment Company employees goes on. We see Karen doing what? Wiping her handkerchief delicately under her eye as she makes her way back to her desk. We see Flynn doing what? Uh, furiously writing up contracts for his contacts. We see Frankie doing what? Tinkering uh, with some chemicals and some ink and paper and whatnot. We see Idafer doing what? Just cleaning, but he does notice um, someone coming towards him. Someone's just opened the door to outside, but he can't quite see who it is. But elsewhere, pieces are moving. We see a tall man in a fine suit, sitting at a finely polished table, plotting. A doddery, purple-suited gnome fails to notice his malice. We see a handsome-looking, blonde human man, clad in blue and purple armor, digging through rubble, looking troubled. Behind him, a warforged carries the top half of one of his brethren to a scrap heap. 
we see a waif-like pale woman in a high tower, papers and files full of numbers laid out in front of her, poring over information. A crafty smile creeps into the corners of her mouth as she stands and walks over to a window. The spectacular cityscape splays out beneath her. We see a cold basement as a hooded figure wipes the remains of a plan off of a chalkboard. At their feet, teardrops fall freely like rain. We see five distinct pairs of ears prick up as a disembodied whisper finds its way to their owners. Five different mouths form the words, yes, Master Speck, and five pairs of feet walk into five different futures. The great city of Ymir continues to bustle, but tomorrow is another business day. listening to the show it's gonna be such a nice day outside probably where you are and don't don't give people candy because they'll expect more also do have a good day though like go out and do some good in the world and shop local and honestly just have a really good time but don't don't ask me for any candy because i simply can't give you any i don't want to give it to the whole town thanks for listening bye